Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. Warm up the grill, grab a beverage, and paint your face. What is that? I painted my face. You painted your face? Yeah. This is Danny and Dusty on Wild Card Week. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. Why? Well, you know, support the team. The Fan. Good afternoon. Happy Thursday. Holla at your boy. Holla at your boy. Jeff Frost is back. Yeah. Plain injured. Yes. There's hurt. There's injured. You're not playing hurt. You're playing injured, I'm my playing man. Injured, yeah. You're playing injured. What's going on with you? Just wicked brain fog and got a horrible cough and yeah, I sound like death. Wicked. I feel like death. Wicked brain fog. Yeah. All right. Uh, but, yeah, not really a whole lot of other options today. Swag's on a road trip, so Schultz's in in the morning, Ortner's in later this afternoon, and that leaves me here. I'll tell you what, I appreciate you p- playing injured. I, I appreciate you because we needed a hamster to pedal this wheel around, <laughs> and you are that man today. Right? Uh, what a day it is. Yesterday you were out uh, because Ortner uh, poisoned you, allegedly. Yeah. Did anything happen yesterday? I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> I had a show sheet. I was, like, ready to go. I'm like, all right, uh we got we got a little Ortner and Dusty action going on, you know, Dusty Will. Yeah. The Willy Dust edition. We'll party on. Nope. All of that went out the window <laughs> about a half hour before the show started with Pete Carroll. Yep. Uh, deciding to leave. And then hour number three, it was like, okay, now we can get to the stuff we prepared for. Wrong. Nick Saban leaves, and then the Dan Lanning uh, grenade was dropped upon all of us. Yes. We got resolution today. We did. I'm. I'm. It, it. It came quickly. I'm a little surprised it was that quick. As <laughs> yes, I. I as it, the day went on yesterday and the night went on yesterday, um, I will say that it, it did not. It did not go. Uh, I mean, it went about as as quick as I thought. I thought we were going to get it in 24 hours. Yeah, I was figuring maybe this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Because. We'll get into all of the details of what was going on, the information and misinformation that was out there regarding Dan Lanning and his future uh, at Oregon and with Alabama and the courtship there. But as last night went on, it became pretty clear. Lanning won, was in Eugene yeah. the entire time. Right. <laughs> Whoops. And that uh, he was he was going to be staying in Oregon. And that the one thing that you never know in any of these searches, though, is things can change uh, on a dime. Right. And things can change on a dime because of the players that are involved. And look, the players that are involved, when I say that, it's not the coaches. It's the super agent, Jimmy Sexton. Yeah. Not to be confused with former Mariners first baseman, Richie Sexton. (laughs) He is the power broker of college football coaches. Not the power hitter at first base. Uh, mm, we use that term very loosely yeah, these well, days, I mean, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, he is a guy that, look, when any of his guys get named for jobs or their name pops up in these situations, 
they button down the hatches because it's not as much like, hey, you know, go, we're we're going to flirt with Alabama. We could go to Alabama, which is always an option. Right. It is, hey, let's not say anything because your current employer, even if you're happy there. Yeah. You know, the agent wants to squeeze a little bit more out. Right, exactly. And help his other clients because all of the other clients that are out there can kind of work in the shadows and it's it's a whole the agent agenting is my god yeah it's a seedy business yes i would ne- i wouldn't have the i'm not cut out for that life no. or that world yeah I, but I, I could never do sales it was very clear that within the Oregon program they were saying we're going to be insulated we're not going to let information out and we are but we're going to assure ourselves i'm not going anywhere mm-hmm. dan landing's not going anywhere Everything is fine, and uh, we got that public. Um, I don't know. I don't. Know. I'm, I'm. I'm missing the word. We got the public. Uh, I guess validation mm. in that video that was released at 9 a.m. this morning. Yes. Think about that. That was a very tightly produced video that was out yeah, there. See, I wonder. The turnaround <laughs> on that was pretty quick. That started last night, yeah. folks. Well, or you know, look, it could be too that maybe that they had had that thing in the works for a little bit because I doubt that maybe Alabama had just been coming to Dan Lanning last night. Nah. And I doubt that Nick Saban had only informed Alabama yesterday that he was thinking of retirement. I'm sure that's all been kind of, you know, festering for a while. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But, um, Oregon got what they wanted to hear. Yep. They got what they wanted to hear and it was Dan Lanning's going nowhere. And there's, there's a lot of offshoots that we will get to, um, that coincide with Dan Landing choosing to stay uh, at Oregon, and it, there is there's a there's a it's deeper than just hey Oregon's paying me the boatload of money right because this is you know we hear it all the time and look I I think it was exponentially harder for Oregon fans to go through this because of what happened with Willie Taggart Mario Cristobal and then you get Dan Landing where. You know, every coach will tell you, this is where I want to be. And we played the audio yesterday at the end of the show of the the various instances of Dan Lanning being courted by, whether it was Auburn or Texas A&M. And we played the audio of, hey, him saying, this is where I want to be. Yep. This is, I'm going to be the coach at Oregon as long as they will have me. But there's... There's always it's Alabama though. Yeah, you know this yeah. isn't just Auburn. This isn't just Texas A&M. Like those are the stair steps up to. Hey, guess what? The right. place you coached before, the place you were a GA and you got paid scraps, in, in when you could have been a full time assistant somewhere, but you wanted to learn at the feet of Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could take over that program too. That's a different animal, right? Yes, and you can say that all the time. There now you can take Dan Lanning at his word because what other job is going to come come up? That is greater than the Alabama job. Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs, because he's from Missouri. <laughs> Maybe William Jewell opens up. And he's like, you know what? It's time to go back home. I'm going to go coach some NAIA ball. I'm going to go back to William Jewell. You know? Yeah. What's funny, though, is you still keep seeing the people that, that uh, they still don't quite, they won't quite believe it 100% until that Alabama job is filled. You know what I mean? Like, they're still going to be like, well, you know, just like Jim Carrey, you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. You know? Uh, I think that video was pretty definitive. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll have Matt Prem on uh, Duck Territory 24-7 Sports. He'll join us on 115 uh, to discuss what was a wild 24 hours where there was a report out there that 
he was in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Maury Povich, we have the lie detector that test determined. A, that was a lie. <laughs> that was not true, not, not true. factual at all. Which is going to make it a tough one. I uh, bet you guys can guess what the worst day on the web is today. We'll also have uh, Brady Henderson on coming up at uh, 1230 because yesterday the bombshell before the show was that Pete Carroll was uh, leaving the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Parting ways with the franchise. Very similar to press conference that we heard today, though, where Bill Belichick, he still wants to coach. Sounds like Pete Carroll still wants to coach. Mm-hmm. So ownership wanted to go a different way. Um, and then now you have... Uh, Bill Belichick in ownership wanting to go a different way. Two great coaches. Yeah, they're gone. Where does Seattle go from here? Brady Henderson will join us uh, coming up at twelve thirty uh, this afternoon. No shortage of storylines that have been going on. And like, no, our, the, our sports talk cup runneth over. Look, the next one to fall. You know, th- there is a domino that needs to fall. Yeah, it's Michigan. Yes. It's Jim Harbaugh. Yep. Will he stay or will he go? Yeah. That is going to be the next big move in this coaching carousel because as Washington fans took their victory laps over, hey, by the way, huh, Dan Lanning going to be gone now. <laughs> Guess who the number one target now is for Alabama? Yeah. Kalen DeBoer. Exactly. Guess who will be the number one target if Michigan opens up? The guy that they beat in the national championship game, right? Or he will, may not be number one. I think Jesse Minter or Sharon Moore, they will be also be in. in I think Sharon Moore may be that number one candidate there. Mm-hmm. Dude only won four games this year as the head coach, right? <laughs> Seems pretty good for the fifteen. Yeah. Um, but DeBoer's a Midwest guy. The panic is not done yet. With the University of Washington, well, because he Moore. hasn't come out and you know but he doesn't have a contract extension. Yeah, so you know, a lot of people could say with the Dan Landing and stuff. You know, you can believe him all you want, but until that ink's dry or you know the job is filled, you never know. But you know, because we've heard that from Mario Cristobal and yeah. Willie Taggart and Nick Saban said it when he was with the Dolphins and Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino, remember Bobby Petrino? <laughs> I can never get that image of him with his face all messed up in the neck brace at the press conference. Boy, and you know what? That overshadows the fact that he left an NFL team in the middle of the night and left his players a note. Yeah. After telling them, hey, I'm going to be the coach. He's like, yeah, here's a Dear John letter <laughs> from your head coach in your locker when you show up to work the next day. Yeah. Like, that is pretty, that's an awful look for, like, anybody. no coach can, like, rebound from that. Bobby Petrino's like, <laughs> watch me hit this draft. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Face looking like hamburger after crashing your Harley with your mistress on the back. Yeah. That's a that's a that's one way to, to make people forget about the fact that you dear John your whole team in the NFL <laughs> to take a college job. Yeah. That's one way to do it right there. One bigger misstep to make people forget about the previous one. And in all this to say, isn't he back? Isn't he back at uh, uh, Arkansas? Arkansas again? Yeah, I believe so. As the offensive coordinator? As the offensive coordinator, yeah. God bless him. God bless him. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got sports that we got to get to, though. Um, God, another day where we don't get any grab ass in at the beginning of the show? What is wrong with us? Well, yeah, it's just it's one of those days, though. Every now and then you'll have maybe one or two of them a year where something comes up and you, you can't ignore it. Yeah, but back-to-back days? Right. It's been a weird week, man. Sports and so hard it hurts. God, what do we think we got in store for tomorrow? Is that when Harbaugh makes the call? Nah, man. I, dude, it's going to drop soon. <laughs> We're going to get it. <laughs>
We're going to get it. All right, uh, 503-864-6326. That is the Vancouver Ford text line. That's how you can be a part of the show. All texts on the Vancouver Ford hotline are, uh, are, are brought to you by Vancouver Ford, oddly enough. Uh, your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat your app before, during, and after the sale. Visit them online at VancouverFord.com. Uh, we'll also start jumping into the NFL. Super wild card weekend getting underway on Saturday. We got our picks coming up at 2. Uh, congrats. You finished the year over 500, Russ. Yeah, one game. There we go. Uh, but where we start this show off, uh, it ended quickly in just the way Oregon fans wanted. Uh, let's dissect Dan Lanning, his decision, and what went into it next on The Fan. Headline, I can't sleep. I toss and turn. Candlesticks in the dark. Visits of bodies being burned. This is a wild card week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at warrenallen.com. On 1080 The Fan. You got $20 million? Dan Lanning is staying at the University of Oregon. He made that abundantly clear in a video released uh, just after 9 a.m. today. <laughs> is actually pretty funny because uh, during Sprague we're making a uh, lot of the fact that yeah it's all going to come out whether he's staying or he's going right when they logged off and uh yes he they sign off and boom boom the video gets posted they had a uh, a meeting and a staff meeting at Oregon and right when it got over Dan Lanning's video was posted to internet and on Twitter that uh, he is in fact staying at the University of Oregon as the head football coach the video was conclusive too. Yes. You know, like it was. It, There's it not was, really any wiggle room in there. And and I know there are people taking shots at this same guy who said uh, they play for clicks. We play. We're rooted in substance, right? Mm-hmm. That video is all for clicks. Don't don't get it well, twisted. It is holy for for clicks. But these are the times where you want your team to be about clicks, right? Yes, exactly. And gaining that momentum and. You know, we played the audio yesterday, and as, as we were signing off, I said that there's there was a feeling that Dan Lanning was going to stay at Oregon. And in that video, it was, you know, hey, it said the grass isn't always greener. We played that clip, right? We we played the, you know, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna be... The damn green in Eugene. Yeah. I, I want to be the head coach at Oregon as long as they'll have me here. And those were as part of the video that, he put out where it said, if you're worried of your uh, coach leaving, come play for the Ducks because I'm not going anywhere. And it ended with him smoking the cigar, that that video. It was very well done. Very, very good video that he put out to yes. calm those fears and ease those fears of Duck fans, which rightfully so. I mean, heck, with the way that, you know, you lose Chip Kelly to the NFL, you lose Willie Taggart to Florida State, you lose Mario Cristobal to Miami. You know, there's only a handful of jobs that Oregon fans would have been worried about for Dan Lanning. Actually, only two. Bama and Georgia, right? Yep. Kirby Smart's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, if you're wondering what his odds are to be the next head coach at Alabama, 100 to 1. He, is a, he played at Georgia. He's the head coach at Georgia. He's won two national titles at Georgia. He's not going to be leaving Georgia. And so when Bama comes up, rightfully so, those fears um, are out there. He squashed those very quickly uh, with that video. And now we can start saying, all right, you, you take Dan Lanning for his word when he says the grass isn't always greener. Be where your feet are, right? Mm-hmm. Ten toes down. Because this is the one that if he was going to leave for somewhere, it would be that was going to be it. But I think there is more to this when you think of Dan Lanning who has said, you know, He's from he's from William Jewell. He's an NAIA school, and 
they play in, it, it, oddly enough, like they play in a, a really good conference that when I was at Southern, we actually played a team Baker from Kansas that was in their league. Mm-hmm. And it's a, like a, it, they have a, a rich tradition there. But when you play NAIA football and you come up and you are a guy that was not highly recruited, you didn't play at the highest levels. I think there is something to getting that first shot. Get the 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 school that gives you that first opportunity to be the leader of a program and to be a first time head coach, and that is it means a little bit more, right? Absolutely. And for that job to be at a place that was in the Pac-12 that had a great base that he took over, and you have success almost immediately when you get there. There has always been this when you talk to people in in the staff, when you talk to the former players of Landing's mission to build the monster, his own monster, at Oregon mm-hmm. and do it there. And the fact that that's a school that gave him his first crack, that's a little bit different because the other guys that had burnt Oregon in the past, Taggart and Cristobal, they had been head coaches before. Right. This wasn't the school that gave them that first opportunity in being on such a a big stage. Mm-hmm. And the successes that he's had here in such short order and quick order, there I think there is something to the fact that he was tied to the he is tied to the Oregon program more so than any of those guys ever were. And it, we never want to take these guys at their word because how many times have we been burnt? Not just here, but across the the coaching landscape. Hell, yeah. Oregon State and Oregon State fans are like, well, now you know how we feel. Yesterday, well, Jonathan Smith was he is Mister Oregon State, yeah, and he was that guy. Now, circumstances were far different. Yes, where you're not building a national contender, you are in a program that is now completely up in the air with no home and nowhere really to go for the next two years. Yeah, and let's face it, if there were still a Pac-12 and Oregon State were still there, and none of this was going on. Jonathan Smith would likely still be there. Absolutely. But the fact that Lanning does stay and there was, you know, CFB home, there's a lot of takes out there like, oh, Oregon's just a stepping stone program yesterday. A lot of that was was still filtering through and saying, you know, Lanning's good as gone. No. No. Uh, That wasn't the feeling in that building. Uh, I think that it says a lot about the, the... program and culture that Lanning has built that we didn't hear any leaks coming out of there right good or bad the only yeah. there was one from Jalil Florence yeah who said he's not going anywhere yeah and that's the only thing that we heard but there was wholeheartedly confidence he wasn't going to go anywhere yesterday and then today we found out you know there was the report from KVAL that said hey he's in Tuscaloosa we later found out like and this is so stupid this is the way the that it works now, but Dylan Gabriel's girlfriend was doing like a, a an Instagram live or whatever, a TikTok, a TikTok of like get ready with me. I learned what that is, G R W M. Okay, that's an acronym for get ready with me. She was getting ready to go to dinner at Dan Lanning's house last night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It makes you wonder who these sources were that were so like certain yeah they weren't that he was not there they weren't and this was the video today was based in recruiting and look i i look at it as if you're worried about your coach going somewhere come to the ducks 
that rang to me. Yeah, that that's directed at uh, at a certain recruit mm-hmm. who played in the Army All American game, who's down to Michigan and Oregon in the reports on, uh, during the uh, Army All American game. The, uh, Gatlin Gatlin Bear. Bear, the receiver out of Idaho, yes, who's down to Michigan and Oregon and wants to see what happens with Jim Harbaugh. Yep. You know, like he's like the top uncommitted recruit yep. in the country right now, and he's down to Michigan and Oregon. <laughs> and it's like, if you're worried about your coach leaving, come to Oregon because I ain't going anywhere. Yep. It's like, I know what that means. <laughs> I know what that means. Now that he's going to go on his Mormon mission, he'll be like in, he'll be like the 2026 is when we'll see him. Gotcha. But you sit there and you look at it and you go, that was built for recruiting, that was built to keep momentum going in the portal moving forward. There was a lot of smoke yesterday in the culture, the insulation of that program. I think we kind of saw what that was, and it was very quick that Dan Lanning kind of batted these these worries down that he was going to go anywhere. I think this is huge. This is huge for Oregon because, look, the meaning of him staying, it, it is that that's a, that's a wholehearted, full-throated commitment to Oregon. Yeah. And this is one thing that uh, you're going to hear this out of Alabama. That they didn't, they didn't even want Dan Lanning anyways. That's what fan bases will tell you. That's what they always do. He was number one on the top of their board. He was number one on the top of their board. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking at Dabo Swinney, Kalen DeBoer, Mike Norvell at Florida State. They're going to they're going to be going down their checklist. What Lanning has done at Oregon has been impressive. It caught the attention of everybody around the country. He was on the national championship game, and you know he went on the Pat McAfee show. And we'll have clips from the Pat McAfee show. Pat McAfee show later, where uh, Lanning was on there. But McAfee also added this little nugget to it. There was a moment during a commercial break of the national championship game where Herbie looked over at him and he said, "Hey." Uh, uh, of uh, the pregame show. Mm-hmm. Kirk Herbstreet looked at him and said, hey, you know, you're the hot name for, for Alabama when Nick Saban eventually steps aside. Yeah. McAfee said that in a 35-second break, Lanning gave the pitch and sold everybody he's not going anywhere Yeah, about what Oregon means to him, what they can do at Oregon, and the fact that he believes they can win a national title at Oregon. That was on Monday when Kirk Herbstreet brought up Alabama potentially, and he said that's when McAfee said he was sold on landing not going anywhere. I think that is huge for for the future of the Oregon football program. Well, and he's seeming like somebody that you can put more faith in his words than than his predecessors. Yeah, and the the ripple effect of this, him staying and him going, monumental for the Ducks program. Oh yeah, it is monumental for the Ducks program. And you look at where they're going forward. Apparently, yesterday, all of the meetings that were being done yesterday is how they can maximize the Oregon football program, put more resources into it, where they can reallocate money and maximize the funds that Oregon football is is using. Mm-hmm. These the the future of Oregon football is is as bright as it's ever been. Now that Dan Lanning is is making that commitment moving forward, so. Uh, the the latest is he's staying. They're really what I was prepared coming in this morning. I was just going down and just kind of, you know, going through everything. And we were going to outline kind of where the timeline is and and the confidence that people had mm-hmm. that he was going to stay. Then nine o'clock, I'm like, oh, well, there goes that. <laughs> there goes that. <laughs> 
And that's a huge relief for Oregon fans. Man. Yes. I, I'll tell you what. It is a huge relief. Oh, yeah. Because now you move forward and you say, all right, all that all that mess is in the rearview mirror. Now you start going and saying, all right, they're going to start plucking guys out of Alabama. Right. Or, or it, because when the coach leaves, or new coach comes in, you get a freebie. Yeah. You get a freebie. You can leave. Yep. Well, they already had one kid decommit, too. Yeah, that's right. Yesterday. Wide receiver. Yeah. Wide receiver. Five-star wide receiver. He's a West Coast kid, too, I believe. He's the, he's the kid out of uh, modern day. Gotcha. If I'm correct. All right. Uh, we will have a lot more where Alabama goes from here, how scared Washington fans should be, not just about this move, but about the next big domino to fall and uh, coaching carousel. But where we go next is... Up to Seattle. Seahawks are parting ways with Pete Carroll. Brady Henderson covers the team for ESPN, and he joins us next. First is Rust with Sports Center. This is a Wild Card Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Yesterday, uh, the first of two bombshells dropped on us uh, was that the Seattle Seahawks are parting ways with head coach Pete Carroll after 14 seasons in the winningest coach in franchise history. A Super Bowl win, another Super Bowl appearance for Pete Carroll, and now Seattle looking for a new head coach and kind of maybe sparking a more big change uh, moving forward for the Seahawks franchise. Joining us now to talk about it all is a man who covers the Seattle Seahawks for ESPN, Brady Henderson, joining us. Brady, thanks for taking a few minutes for us, man. How you doing? Uh, Well, I'm doing great, especially after you brought me in with uh, Screaming Trees, one of my favorite bands. I don't know if you did that just because I'm a Seattle guy, but uh, either way, I appreciate it. Luck of the draw. (laughs) Yeah, it was pure luck, but you know what? I'm glad when the rotator hits for for our guests. Uh, You know, this was, I think the the day was a surprise when it it just kind of came out of nowhere, but... This is a move that that people had kind of had their eye on for a while, especially you know when you saw Pete Carroll maybe taking another minute to go out on the field and kind of look at things after uh, that game against Philadelphia. Uh, how surprised were you at the timing of when Pete Carroll and the Seahawks decided to announce their split? Um, somewhat, but at, at the same time, not really. I, I thought that once it got past Monday. Uh, which is, you know, typically when you see uh, head coaches get fired, I, I kind of started to think he was safe, but then actually the longer it got after that, um, you know, the Seahawks typically would do his postseason uh, meeting with the media on Tuesday. And not only did they not do it Tuesday, but they had yet to set a date. And so the longer that went on, it just seemed like they were, um, you know, buying time to figure things out. And um, so, I mean, it you know, it just seemed, I think, over the second half of the season, you know, when they were in that four game losing streak and just the way that they were underachieving, I think on both sides of the ball um, and, you know, going towards a season that, you know, was going to be a nine or or at best 10 win season, you know, it just seemed like um, there, there was, there was a question in my mind as to what ownership would think about this team and just the direction. And um, you know, it's, I think a lot of NFL franchises would trade places with the Seahawks, but you know, 25 and 26 over the last three seasons, there was really, um, you know, no clear sign that this team was was really ready to take a next step. And, you know, Carol on his radio show a day after the season finale was asked, 
if he thinks that they are closer now than they were a year ago to a Super Bowl. And he said yes, which is what you would expect him to say. But they're really he, he didn't have really a convincing case as to why he felt that way. And, and hearing that, it just seemed like, you know, if he can't muster that case on his radio show, what kind of case is he going to muster to ownership when they have their end-of-season meetings? And, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, whatever he whatever reasoning he gave or whatever – you know, outlook for the the direction of the team that he gave to Jody Allen. It just seems like she she wasn't convinced either. You know, they said and Pete said that it was the split was amicable, but he still wanted to coach and fought for himself to coach uh, this team. Do you see Pete Carroll maybe making another run somewhere potentially elsewhere? I can see it. Yeah, and, and look, I think the advisory role that he is ostensibly moving into with the Seahawks was really just a way for them to, you know, give him an out and to give him kind of a graceful exit as opposed to just outright firing, you know, the best coach in franchise history. I think they were always going to try to do this uh, whenever they were going to move on from Carroll. They were going to try to do it as respectfully as possible, and I think, you know, that's what this is. And, and Carroll said that, you know, he really has no idea what that advisory role is going to entail other than that it's not going to entail him assisting uh, GM John Schneider in the search for his replacement. And so the fact that they haven't really seemed to talk about it at all and, and really get into what that will mean. And also the fact that Carroll clearly didn't want to stop being the head coach. Um, I think, I think that advisory role may really just be sort of nominally. So, and um, you know, not not an actual role. And, and I do wonder if he's going to want to coach elsewhere. I mean, he, he made a couple things clear in his news conference yesterday. One was that this was not the outcome he wanted. And two was that he still feels like, even at 72 years old, that he's got the juice to coach. And so if the right opportunity comes up, I would not be surprised at all if he entertains that. I asked him if that would be the case, and he, he, he didn't shoot it down. He said, you know, today is, today is about today. And he said, I don't know, we'll find out. So he seems open to it, and I wonder if, you know, maybe a team like the Chargers comes calling. Um, he's obviously got the ties in L.A. They've, they've, you know, that's a team that's in difficult salary cap situation, but they've got a franchise quarterback and some other big-name players. And so um, it, that would be kind of the obvious one, but I, I just wouldn't be surprised if he entertains – the thought of coaching in knowing that he wasn't ready to give up this coaching job. Brady Henderson is our guest ESPN Seahawks reporter. If you look at, all right, Jody Allen and Burt Cold, who I think a lot of Seahawks fans are, are now learning of Burt Cold's presence in Vulcan and in ownership with the Portland Trailblazers and the Seattle Seahawks and his roles that he has as an advisor to Jody. But what direction do you think we see the, the Seahawks go for their next head coach? Because uh, a player's coach, Coach, but a defensive-minded players coach in Pete Carroll. What do you believe is next uh, for for what they're looking for? Well, I, I think they're going to lean on John Schneider, really, to make this decision. And obviously the owner is going to have to sign off on it. But, um, you know, I, I don't think this is a search that's going to be led by Burt Cold or, or Jody Allen. I, I think Schneider is going to be really driving force in it. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have any great insight on this piece of it, but um, – you know, I don't know if that if he's going to be looking for an offensive versus a defensive coach or vice versa so much as he's going to be looking for a guy who, A, is a great leader of, of people. I think that was Carroll's greatest strength. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so much the X's and O's. I think clearly over the last few seasons, uh, it wasn't, you know, hiring assistant coaches, um, which is a huge part of the job and I think a huge part of the reason why he's no longer in the job. Uh, but I think his greatest strength was just connecting with players and leading people. And so 
Um, I think that's going to be important for John Schneider, and I think it's also going to be hugely important to get a guy who he knows personality-wise that he's going to mess, mesh with. And Dan Quinn, uh, if you've ever interacted with him, he, to me, seems like one of the more genuine, down-to-earth people that you will meet in the NFL. And Schneider is very much the same way. So I, I think that personality-wise, uh, those two guys would make a great pair, probably more so than, than Schneider and somebody like John Harbaugh, uh, or, uh, Jim Harbaugh, excuse me. Um, you know, for as great of a coach as he is, and, and there's no doubt, I mean, just won a national championship and had a lot of success in the NFL as well. Uh, but I, I just don't know if that personality, you know, that, that might be um, John Schneider. I wonder if he would view that as kind of a, you know, maybe a, a difficult guy to work with. You know, he's been in the NFL long enough and, and he's plugged in enough to know, uh, to be able to get different opinions about Harbaugh throughout the league. And so I'm, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I just think from a personality standpoint, Dan Quinn would be a lot better match for Schneider uh, than Harbaugh would. Look, no matter who it is, one thing that's going to be harder is is your job because Pete Carroll was always a guy who willing to talk and give you actually a little bit of substance to kind of write about. What are your memories of like uh, the, the lasting memories of Pete Carroll and uh, being one of those guys who in a world where coaches want to shut off the outside world and shut off the media, he would give you guys nuggets that you guys could chew on every now and then. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. And and I mean, I think he he and Bill Belichick are probably on the opposite ends <laughs> of the coaching spectrum when it comes to dealing with, you know, people like me and and what they're willing to divulge and say. Um, so I, I will miss that about Carol. I will not miss having to transcribe a lot of his, uh, you know, verbose answers and um, sort of over the top praise. And you sort of yeah, at times I've, you know, I think we all felt ourselves rolling our eyes knowing that okay he, he's making this practice squad guy sound like he's a hall of famer uh but look that's a trade-off for all of the good stuff that came with being able to cover pete carroll and yeah hopefully whoever just for my sake and not that anybody really cares about this but hopefully for uh, our sake as reporters that the next guy is um you know as, as helpful as he was uh, and then it will kind of the, the we saw Russell Wilson tweeted out a photo. A lot of former players kind of coming and, and meeting up yesterday. Uh, the love that his players had for for him was something that is is pretty rare for the NFL. You know, as you talk to the players about Pete Carroll, present and former, kind of what is their their lasting impact that Pete Carroll had on them? Yeah, the one thing you always hear about Carroll is how he was the same guy. Like, he was so consistent, win or lose. You know, he never really had a bad day. And you always sort of knew what you were getting from him and, and all the energy and the positivity and all that. And I think another really special aspect about Carroll is, you know, he was willing to let things kind of roll off his back. And look, a lot of the guys, uh, you know, Russell Wilson tweeted the photo. I think it was a lot of the, the guys from that Super Bowl team, the Super Bowl teams, got together um, last night and, you know, it wasn't, Russell was probably the most extreme example, but a lot of those guys, you know, when they left Seattle, it didn't really end well for mm -hmm. them uh, relationship wise. And, and they took shots at Carroll on their way out. And, you know, he was able to, um, you know, take that for what it was and realize that, you know, guys are in a you know vulnerable position or whatever. And, and um, he, he kind of let things slide and realized that, you know, there's a deep relationship there and, I think he he coached players sort of like a father, and he and he treated them kind of like like their children and stuff. And so 
you know, at the end of the day, your children might go astray and they might screw up and they might get mad at you, but they're still your kids and you're still going to love them. And so um, I don't know anything about that myself because I'm not a father, but that's, you know, I think that's generally how it works. And so, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that is kind of one of his lasting um, part of his legacy in Seattle is just the relationship that he had with his players and, you know, guys wanted to play for him. And then when they left, you know, even if it ended poorly, I think they went other places and a lot of them realized how good they had it. And then, you know, they were able to mend those fences ultimately. Well, it's going to be an off season. That's busy for you. Uh, Brady is, uh, you got new head coach coming in and potentially uh, a lot of roster changes as well. Thank you for taking a few minutes for us, man. I always appreciate your time. Yeah, for sure. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. There he is, Brady Henderson, ESPN. Go give him a follow if you don't already, at Brady Henderson on Twitter. Uh, Does a great job covering the Seattle Seahawks. And look, man, this is Pete Carroll leaving Seattle. That void that you have from the culture standpoint, and we talked about this a lot yesterday, and that the culture that he built, it it was different than most NFL teams. In that he he Brady hit on that there. It was more like a father figure mm-hmm. in the NFL where you see a lot of other coaches around the league. It is because players get paid oftentimes more than the coach does. Yeah. It is a, you know, almost a peer-to-peer relationship. Pete Carroll did have that more nurturing collegiate father type figure and it worked in the NFL which is so rare well and he was another he was rare also in that he's kind of a he's a big rah-rah guy and you don't see that much in the NFL he has like you said he had a very collegiate feel with it and and I think it's players fed off of that and yeah it did create a different kind of relationship between player and coach than than you typically see in the league all right well where do the Seahawks go from here Dan Quinn seems to be uh, the guy that people are all circling Cowboys defensive coordinator I think it's pretty much even money on him right now yeah and then you go into like the Mike Vrabels who also just got the axe from the Tennessee Titans who kind of fit that mold and it'll be very interesting to see kind of the John Schneider effect in all this and we'll discuss that a little bit next Danny and Dusty on the fan This is a wild card week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Had Brady Henderson on, uh, ESPN Seahawks writer, talking about Pete Carroll's departure, what it means for the franchise, and where they go from here. Dan Quinn is the odds on favorite. One to one are his odds to be the next head coach of the Seahawks. Yeah, that seems to be pretty much what everybody's thinking. But also, uh, Dan Lanning was three to one to be Alabama's next head coach. So valid point. Take these things for what you will. Um, the working relationship with John Schneider is the interesting one because this will not be Jody Allen Burt Cold r- running the hire. Just as in Portland, if you look at it, remember who made the hire of Chauncey Billups? It was Neil O'Shea. Yeah. Who absolutely botched the process of hiring Chauncey Billups, by the way. Not the hire of Chauncey Billups, the process of hiring Chauncey Billups. He mm-hmm. uh, ran into a wall at every turn yeah. of that thing. Yeah. 
And instead of like uh, turning around and going and maybe navigating it differently, he just kept running in it into it over and over and over again until he took a sip of water and ended the press conference. It's so, like that scene in Austin Powers where he's uh, they're inside the lair or something, and and Austin's on the like the golf cart thing, and he's stuck sideways in the hallway. And, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right there. But uh, giving John Schneider the autonomy to make this hire is the is the right move in the way that they should operate in this process of finding a new head coach. You need to find your uh, head coach that is cohesive with that decision maker and your general manager and the person who is making the personnel decisions hand in hand. And that's one thing that Pete Carroll and John Schneider did impeccably in their time. It's why they were consistently good. Now, over the last two seasons, you're one game under 500. You go 25 and 26. And obviously, yeah, in a win-now league, it, it, that there is a strain. But you were also replacing a quarterback, too. Yeah. Okay. We knew that there was going to be a couple of gap years. The John Schneider hire and the personality fit with John Schneider, that does narrow your pool down quite a bit, right? And that's why Quinn is considered the favorite. That is why, you know, a guy like a Mike Vrabel, he does fit that mold as well because John Schneider, great decision maker, a dude too. A dude's dude. Yeah. Right. And not all football coaches jive with that. Like Jim Harbaugh, horrible fit there. You'd yeah. be a horrible fit that there. That would, yeah. I can right? see Bill that. Belichick, horrible fit there. Right. Right. You're going to get a, a head coach with a personality that kind of fits the culture building that Pete Carroll and John Schneider did have. Because Pete Carroll, make no mistake, he was the engine behind the culture. But Schneider had a ton to do with that, too. Evaluating people and finding out between the ears if they had what fit in there in Seattle. At the beginning, Russell Wilson was a great fit. At the end, he was not. No, Exactly. Well, yeah, and how much of that was on Pete Carroll and the yeah. amount of, of autonomy he gave Russell Wilson? I'll tell you this right now. Like, I heard this during Collins' show where they brought up, like, hey, uh, if Mike McCarthy loses, it has an early exit in the playoffs, hell, if they lose this weekend to the Packers, right? And Jerry says, I'm out. Pete Carroll. Yeah, yeah. Like, Colin brought up Bill Belichick, like, bringing, he would eat Dak Prescott alive. Yeah. That would be he would he and Jerry Jones would hate each other from the day they met. Pete Carroll could massage that Jerry Jones ego a little bit, maximize Dak Prescott. You got a good secondary down there, like that kind of like Pete Carroll could get Jerry his title before he dies in Dallas. Yeah, that NLC Hawk fans are like f you, Dusty. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, yeah. I'm saying that to myself, too. Like, in, internally, I want you all to know that the words that just came out of my mouth make me hate myself. <laughs> you almost threw up a little bit. But it's the truth. Like, <laughs> Pete Carroll would do a really damn good job there. And it would be like, oh, well, I could see it. I could see it really working there. Even if it's a, a short run, you could see it. Because all Jerry wants is a ring. And before he dies, Bill Belichick would probably kill him. You yeah. Know? Yeah, that would see, that just seems like an awkward, as awkward a fit as Harbaugh and Seattle would be. That would be comedy though, because of Harbaugh and Pete Carroll hating each other from back in the SC Stanford days. Like that, <laughs> like it would just you'd have the odd couple. Like you'd have to have them like get an apartment together. Yeah, o like overlooking Lumen Field, and they have to live together and just make it a reality show. Make a make buco bucks off of that. Bring back uh, what, what was the what was the was the action. 
ASN Action Sports Network. Remember when Paul Allen launched that bad boy? Oh boy. We had like high school football games on it in in the area. Dude, that was that was balls, man. That was awesome. <laughs> but you put you revive that network and just put them on there, just live stream them living together. It'd be perfect. It's it's Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau 2.0. Yeah, Big Brother, Harbaugh and, and Carol edition. That's right. <laughs> Something tells me Harbaugh doesn't wear pants when he gets home. The khakis just get left in the mudroom. It's just, like, <laughs> just Donald ducking it around that house. I'm not going to say anything because that's about how it goes at the rest house, too. We know. Oh, we know. We know that to be fact, Jack. All right. Uh, hey, let's get to the other big news of the day. Uh, we will have more on Oregon and Dan Lanning's uh, decision to stay at Oregon, the ripple effects that it has uh, in Eugene and uh, across the country. Matt Preem will join us uh, from Duck Territory 24-7 Sports coming up at one fifteen. But uh, another legend goes, Bill Belichick parting ways with the New England Patriots, and he actually seemed like a human being today. Robots cry next on The Fan.